Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The pandemic, uh, we keep hearing statistics, one there from Jane on the news a moment ago about uh, our behaviour and the effects um, that some of our behaviours are having on our health during the pandemic. 28% increase in the number of admissions uh, with liver disease to Beaumont Hospital in Dublin there in the past year, according to Jane in the headlines. We've been hearing a lot about the impact it's having on our mental health as well. Depression rates have tripled over the course of the first year of the pandemic, according to research from Boston University which was published in The Lancet. It's a common condition anyway and was before the pandemic. One in ten people apparently at any one time uh, will be suffering from uh, some form of depressive illness. Uh, That's around 450,000 people in Ireland alone. Any one of us, irrespective of our age, our background, our gender, our living circumstances, our affluence or otherwise, uh, can be equally affected. Recovery, of course, possible and you know largely is manageable sometimes without any pharmacological intervention at all but in Ireland over 200,000 people experience a depressive episode each year approximately 6,000 requiring acute care on an annual basis and today we wanted to have a conversation about how we treat depression in this country do we go far enough with it is it time to be thinking outside of the box because A lot of research in recent years is pointing towards the effectiveness of psychedelic drugs in the treatment of depressive illnesses. And, you know, this is not cuckoo stuff. These are very, very uh, significantly respected uh, institutions, the likes of John Hopkins University in the United States, among them, who've been looking at uh, the use of uh, psychedelics and psilocillins in the treatment uh, of, of depression and other illnesses, too. And some of the findings are, are quite stark and, and and really seem to be having quite a dramatic effect. Now, in the UK, uh, recently, uh, there was the Awaken Clinic opened in Bristol. It is hoping to be working with psychedelics in the medium term, I think. They're working with ketamine-assisted psychotherapy at the moment. It's a combination of uh, ketamine and also a talk therapy as well. It's not cheap. It costs six grand for a course. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the, in, the findings of it um, and, and how it's working in real terms we'll be talking about in a moment because I'm joined on the programme today by Professor David Nutt who is a Professor of Neuropsychological Pharmacology at Imperial College in London and also has a role and is involved in some way with the Bristol Clinic. Thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to talk to us Professor Nutt. Firstly tell us about your actual role and, and what you do for a living and your background. What do I do for a living? Well, I, um, I explore uh, how drugs work in the brain, and, and from that I help develop new therapies for conditions like depression and addiction. And in terms of the type of therapies that you look at, I mean, we're talking about psychedelics today. People would know them familiarly as LSD, magic mushrooms. Uh, there mm-hmm. are other types and other forms as well. Uh, but what other type? I mean, I, I'm presuming you also look at what we would know more familiarly as antidepressants that are regularly being um, prescribed by doctors yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been working on how antidepressants work for 40 years. And the interesting thing about psychedelics is that we're pretty confident now that they work differently. And they work, obviously, they work faster. Um, you can 
come out of your depression often within you know within a few hours of having the psychedelic experience. So, whereas a traditional antidepressant medicine might take between about six and ten weeks to work. But we also know from the research we've been doing using brain imaging, we've shown that the brain mechanisms are different. Um, and this is very exciting. So now we have two separate ways to treat depression with a, a pill that you take every day, like a, an SSRI, like, say, you know, sertraline, or a psychedelic like psilocybin from magic mushrooms, which can you take once or possibly twice over the course of a, you know, a few months, and it might well push you out of your depression and, and put you back into a normal mind state. Now, psychedelics and hallucinogenics have been around forever, really, used by ancient yeah. civilizations across the world in their natural true, forms. True. At what stage did they become a manufactured drug? Well, it depends which country you're in. Uh, so if you're in Latin America, then you would go and get ayahuasca, which is a plant-based version of dimethyltryptamine, and that's been widely used uh, for millennia as a... Uh, ceremonial rituals for healing and it's now actually being used in clinics to treat depression in, in, in Latin America. Uh, it's very rare for those kind of plant-based products to get licensed in Western medicine so currently people are developing the ref- pure form either, either synthetic or extracted of psilocybin and DMT and they're using those you know as pure chemicals rather than as a plant-based mixture. Mm. We will, of course, be familiar, many of us, with the U.S. counterculture, the use of psychedelics, Dennis Leary, etc., etc., LSD. When did it become a street drug? When did it sort of cross that Rubicon, as many other drugs have and, and, and continue to do so, from being something that was used, say, by ancient tribes as a, as a, a form of plant-based medicine to a street drug that was commonly being abused? Well, I want to take issue with you there a bit, actually, because that... I don't think psychedelics are abused in the same way as drugs like cocaine or heroin because they're not addictive. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, I don't even like to call them recreational drugs because I think the majority of people who use magic mushrooms or LSD, uh, are, they're actually trying to explore the capacities of their mind and their brain. They're not, uh, they're not, they often don't use them very often, maybe once or twice in, or three times in their life. And it's about trying to just see how things can be different and how you can think differently. So it's very important to know that these drugs are not addictive and people assume that they are addictive because they've been made illegal, but they're not. In well, fact, that's what I was going to anti-addictive. say, uh, you know, irrespective of, of what evidence you may want to look at as to how dangerous or otherwise they may be, they are illegal. I'm not, so I'm not casting, and I'm not casting judgment on that either, by the way, Professor. I'm just simply stating yeah. that they are illegal drugs. They are banned drugs here in this jurisdiction, certainly. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but then you look at why they were banned. They were banned because they were seen as promoting the anti-Vietnam War protests. And uh, it was, they couldn't ban the protests, so they banned psychedelics because many of the anti-war youth were using psychedelics. But but actually, to be honest, these drugs, I don't think, should have been banned. I don't think they were ever harmful enough to be banned. So tell us about the research then that is being done into these drugs and the treatment of depression specifically. Yeah, well, let me explain why my group started to use them to treat depression. We didn't start off thinking these would be antidepressants. We started off asking the question, which had not been studied for 50 years because of their illegal status, what is a psychedelic drug? What's a psychedelic state? And so we did 
brain imaging studies to, to understand the psychedelic experience. And when we, as we did that, we discovered that some of the areas of the brain which were particularly targeted by psychedelics were the areas of the brain which caused depression. So then we said, well, maybe we can uh, turn off depression by using psychedelics because they turn off those brain regions. So this is what we call translational science. You do basic science and then you find something that might be clinically relevant and then you go and, and work with patients. So then we did the experiment for six, seven years ago now trying to treat people whose treatment had failed on conventional antidepressants. We, we tried them with psilocybin, a single trip, and we had it, it was profoundly beneficial. It was the most powerful treatment for resistant depression there's ever been. A single trip could put people well. Some people are still well now, eight years later. Most relaxed. From, from, a, from a single treatment? Absolutely. Just truly remarkable. And that's why there's such a lot of hype about it, because it is, it is, one, of, it is one of those remarkable discoveries in medicine, not just psychiatry. And so why is it, um, you, you know, I mean, you're in, you, you've had some role in, in, the, in the, the, the Bristol Clinic, in the Awaken yes. Clinic in Bristol. Why, that's right. And that's the first clinic in the UK to, uh, to work with treatments like this. I know, I think, am I right in saying that, that you're, you're, they're work, the clinic are working with ketamine now as opposed to, um, you know, the other type of, of yes, psychedelic right. drugs. Why is it just that there's pockets then? We, you know, we hear about Latin America, we hear about certain institutions in the US working with the, these type of drugs and now one in the UK. It's still really, I think the perception is that it's kind of kooky medicine or that it's, well, it's unproven medicine. Well, it's, the evidence base actually, if you go back to the 1950s and 60s, was enormous. I mean, really, you know, 40,000 patients were studied, 1,000 papers were published. The evidence base was very strong. We've just chosen to ignore it because, as they say, they were made illegal. So it's the illegal status that has really limited the rollout. And, and that's why Awaken is starting with ketamine, because ketamine is a legal drug. It's an anesthetic and it's a painkiller. Okay. And therefore, doctors can use it because it's already a medicine. Uh, hopefully, in time, the Awaken clinics, which we expanded, we're hoping to get one in in Dublin uh, next year as well, they will expand when the legal status of psilocybin changes and do psilocybin as well, and also MDMA. But at present, we can and will be working with ketamine. And are you, do, do you believe now, I mean, is there a reason, I understand, you know, you were, you were, you were saying that, that the links to the anti-Vietnam protests and, and in your belief, that's why psychedelics were, were outlawed and were banned. But I mean, if you have 40,000 patients taking part in a study, if you're seeing proper, real, living evidence of the effectiveness of this as a treatment, why aren't governments listening to this? Why are these drugs still banned, even in pharmacological use? Well, it's an extremely good question. It's completely illogical. And it's because all our drug laws are illogical. Our drug laws, are, 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 they mix up harm with politics. And, and it is completely absurd, isn't it? It's absurd that you can prescribe something like morphine for pain, which is important, even though that's a, a, an illegal drug if it's used without a medical license. But you can't prescribe magic mushrooms for depression. Mm. And, and the reason is that doctors, in order to justify banning these drugs, a lot of the, some of the medical profession became well, it's very anti them and actually exaggerated their harms. And then most doctors bought into that because 
If your doctor's leaders in the 1960s are saying these drugs are dangerous, well, why would you not trust them? It turns out that a number of those senior doctors, including the president of the World Psychiatric Association, was actually illegally using these drugs to try to brainwash people. So there was a lot of illicit and, and very dangerous pseudo-research done, which was trying to justify banning the drugs. It's a, it's a horrible history. The history of deceit and corruption in medicine as, as well as in politics. I, 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 as you're as you're explaining that, I'm thinking of, of CBD. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of research, obviously, in the benefits of yeah, CBD yeah, in terms absolutely. of also mental illness, but also physical illnesses as absolutely. well, and, and ailments associated with, you know, ongoing conditions that people may have where they can help alleviate seizures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Exactly. Is is this? You have to to beg the question. Therefore. Is this because the pharma companies are not really at the races with this and, and they're more interested in maybe having us take things like morphine or Oxycontin mm-hmm. or other mm-hmm. such drugs that they can sell for huge profits that in actual fact, you know, technically speaking, are harmful because they can be addictive? Well, exactly. And, that, you know, the, the, all I can say is that uh, the, the, at least now with the psychedelics, the pharmaceutical companies are getting interested or, or at least new pharmaceutical companies are being set up to try to do research. With cannabis, it's, actually, it's a, still a, you know, a, a wasteland because the, um, the complexities of the cannabis plant make it very hard to apply the conventional pharmaceutical development approaches. So you're, you're quite right. The reason um, cannab- cannabinoid medicines have lagged behind is because they don't fit into the pharmaceutical model and pharmaceutical companies won't work with them. And what do you see as the future then of uh, treatment of conditions like depression? Is it going to be pharmacologically led, uh, including the continued use of the likes of SSRIs? Or do you think it will catch up and that we will have uh, the involvement of um, psychedelic medicines in the future, either hand in hand or one superseding the other? Well, we have them now. I mean, look, we know that between 30 and 40 percent of people who are treated with SSRIs don't respond very well. And, and those people should, be, should have the right to have a chance to have an alternative therapy. Initially, ketamine, eventually, hopefully in a few years, uh, psilocybin or MDMA. You know, that, that, that is not only equitable and fair and morally correct. It's also economic, economic sense because chronic depression it's a hugely destructive disorder. People can't work. They drag their families down, and often they commit suicide. So there is no reason whatsoever why these whole range of different psychedelics should not be made available as medicines. But that being the key, you know, there. I understand you've outlined that you don't that you don't have evidence that these are addictive, um, or or that they're dangerous per se. But the use of somebody just you know, taking LSD themselves or magic mushrooms themselves, is, is there evidence that, that that can be a dangerous practice if it's not done in a, in a supervised way with certain dosages? Well, yeah, if you don't know what dosage you're taking, then you can come to harm. And that's one of the pr- problems of having all these drugs illegal without any testing facilities and no one knows what they're doing. But overall, as I said, when they're used in clinical settings, and let's re- let me just emphasise when we're talking about treating depressed people with psychedelics like ketamine, we're talking about three or four treatments over the course of, say, three or four months. Mm-hmm. It's not every day, mm-hmm. and it's all the treatments are given in the clinic with supervision, 
a doctor and a psychotherapist. So you're actually maximizing the benefit by having the pharmacological approach and the psychotherapy poured together in the same session in the, with the same expert team. And talk to me about the talk element of that, the psychotherapy element of that as well, because it's not just, you know, one treatment done on its own. They, they go hand in hand together. How important is it that there is also a talk element to the therapy? Well, involved? this is really, this is, yes, this is why we're, we're calling this a, a revolution in psychiatry. So this is psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. The psychedelic breaks down the patterns of thinking, the negative thought processes, the rumination, the self-guilt that depressed people have. And then the psychotherapy comes in and allows them to think about new ways of dealing with their problems, so how they can overcome the stresses and the strains in their life and, and build a better way of living and being. Fascinating stuff. Um, please keep in touch with us, uh, Professor David Nutt, we want to know really? if you are going to be going ahead and opening a clinic in Ireland next year and, and hopefully we'll get to speak to you again. But thank you very much for your insight and information. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.